speak on this one word that that I feel like is a good word for us and it's a God word for us in this time and in this season and it's the word called deeper everybody say deeper, deeper. come on one more time deeper. look at your neighbor for a moment say neighbor deeper. let's go deeper amen I believe it's a good word for this time. I believe that wherever you are in your walk with God, wherever you are in your experience with God, wherever you are in your intimacy with God, you can go deeper. Amen. You can go deeper. The Bible says, the psalmist says in Psalm 42, it says, I long to drink of you, O God, drink, drinking deeply from the streams of, of pleasure flowing from your presence. Amen. It says, I long to drink deeply of your presence. Amen. I long to drink deeply of your presence. In the Bible, in the book of uh, Ezekiel, we have the story recorded of, uh, of how the temple, the river that flows in front of the temple, the Bible says things like this. Then he brought me in this vision back to the door of the temple and I saw a stream flowing eastward from beneath the temple. He took me 1500 feet east along the stream and told me to go across. At that point, the water was to my ankles. He measured off another 15. This time, the water was to my knees. Another 1,500 feet, it was to my waist. Another 1,500 feet, and the river had become so deep, I wouldn't be able to get across unless if I were to swim. Amen. And so it doesn't matter where you are in experiencing God, in experiencing the presence of the Lord. Doesn't matter what has happened. Doesn't matter uh, you know all the things that are going on in your life. I want to say to you that God wants to take you deeper. Amen. God wants to take you deeper. In leading the children of Israel out of Egypt, the Bible records almost 32 different places it records in the book of Numbers. And they said, they went here, and that's all it says. And they went here, and that's all it says. Some, sometimes when the Lord would take them somewhere to a place, it would give a description. Other than that, we don't know. But out of those 32 times, almost 30 times, it only gives us a name of a place, and that's about it. But God thought it enough to, in his holy Bible, to write just the name of the place. And they stopped here. We don't know how long, but, but they probably stopped a day, two days, probably a week. We don't know. And then they moved there. And then they moved there. But one of the locations, the Bible says something like this. It says, they moved from there to, how do you say that name? And from, how do you say that name? To, let me try this, Jot Bata. A land with rivers that don't dry up. Amen. A land with rivers. And sometimes it will give you a description. It says, and the place they stop, it had this. But, but, but this time it says, they came to a place. Okay. <laughs> it was a land with rivers that won't dry up. Amen. Here's what I want to say to you this morning. I believe that God wants to take us deeper. Amen. Just resonate, let that resonate in your spirit this morning. That wherever you are, let's go deeper. There is more to God than what you have experienced till now. Amen. There is more to God than what you have dreamed of, what you have thought of, what you have imagined. There is more to God. Why? He wants to take you deeper. Amen. He wants to take you deeper. He wants to take you deeper. You know, 
Last Monday morning, I got up in the morning around, around 7 o'clock or, or so. And, and when I got up in the morning, I just felt this urge, like, like something was sitting on my chest, you know. I just felt this urge, you know what? I just need to sit in the car and drive to Asbury, uh, to Kentucky, Wilmore, at the Asbury University. And so I got up at, 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 at about 7 o'clock. I, 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 I uh, didn't even get out of bed. I just got up and then I said, can I really do that, you know? Uh, well, I said, you know, why not? Just go sit in the car. When you're single, you can do anything. And, 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 <laughs> and, 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 and so I said, you know what? Hey, listen, I can do this. I texted, uh, Brother Ravi was here and his wife was here from Charleston. And, and, and I said, hey, I think I want to go to Asbury. Are you good with that? He said, yes. We packed up and three, four hours, we just sat in the car and we just left. Where are we going? As we, where are we going? They just didn't play. I just felt a strong pull. And, and most of you, if you're uh, present in this world, uh, you know what's happening at Asbury for this past, uh, um, uh, basically now almost 10, 11 days now, you know, that God is pouring out His Spirit. There is a, a sudden wooing of God to call people in, uh, in consecration, call people in, 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 in a sense of returning back to him with hearts awakened, and especially young people uh, that are there in, in the university. And so we went there. I didn't go with any sense of expectation and or curiosity. I didn't go to find out what's happening. Uh, that was not my purpose. My purpose of going was uh, just to obey. <laughs> You know, my brother, so even if I reached there and stayed one minute, turned back around, sat in the car, I would be happy. Okay. Why? Because I didn't go with any kind of expectation or any kind of thing that I want to check something out. I just went because I really felt this, 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 this strong pull. And so by afternoon, I sat in the car and, and left. And, and of course, at that time, it was you know, not many people. But when we were there, uh, of course, we got to go in and, and things like that. And, and at that time, I'm sitting inside and I'm like thinking... Why are people coming? Because I still don't get it. <laughs> it's like there are thousands of people that I say, God, I feel more of your presence daily than I do right now in these grounds. You know? And then so, um, I don't know what the big deal is about. And so, anyway, we were there probably in that city for three days. And, 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 and I just began praying into it. Because I felt like there was nothing that, that I felt like that. Because a lot of people are trying to call it a revival, trying to call it this, trying to call it this. And, and then there, when something happens, there's always fights. Every denomination comes with their doctrine. You know, and then they say it is this. <laughs> you know, and then especially who don't know anything, there are more comments than those people who don't know anything. And and especially when you have not known what revival is, most people hear the word revival and they think of a Baptist church that hosting for three days some preacher and then bonding. You know, that that's their main definition. You know, um, and so I'm just kind of wading through this thing and praying through this thing and I say Lord what is it happening uh, you know and then why are people coming because people are not coming from you know one hour's drive while we were there people are driven from uh, all over America uh, people have landed from over 50 60 countries there uh, uh, you know there's so much things happening that day I got 1200 text messages uh, which are all labeled in Asbury revival just on on on, on that day and, and, and everybody's asking, hey, well, what's going on? What's a, do you know what's going on? I was like, I don't know, but I'm here right now trying to figure it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
And then, and so uh, my whole thing was, well, well, what is happening? Why? Because we try to compare uh, when we don't know what's happening and when we don't know what the Lord is doing. We try to put a label on it. We try to figure out what, what, what's going on. And, and then we try to compare. And we say, well, is it like the, the, the Toronto blessing? You know, in the Toronto blessing, it was an outpouring of the love of the Father. You know, it was God restoring a biblical a truth. You know, when it was the Brownsville revival, it was that strong conviction of sin that was there. When it was the uh, Smithsonian revival back in 97-98, there was just a restoration of the healing gift. And, and of course, prior to that in the 80s and the 70s, and, and every time there has been such a move of God, there has been something that the Lord was focusing on. Just one thing he was focusing on. People wanted ten things, but the Lord was just focusing on one thing in, in every time. And so people ask me, well, well, should we go? And, and I tell people, and I'll tell you this this morning. I would not tell anybody to go. Why? Because <laughs> I feel like this is not for everybody. But I feel like those that the Lord is calling. Because I feel like there is a, a, a pull there is a, 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 a stirring in people's heart. Those people need to go. Not everybody. Okay. Why? Because I believe it's the Lord wooing his people. Okay. It's the Hosea 2 principle. The Lord speaking tenderly and then bringing his people, especially young people, to say something to them. And then so he's, he's, he's me saying it nicely to you. Is it a revival? I wouldn't call it a revival. Neither would I not call it a, 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 a revival. But this is what I believe it is. The Bible says something like this. It says, ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. This verse is a confusing verse because it says, ask the Lord for rain when it's rainy season. You know, it should say, ask the Lord for rain when, when there is drought, when the things have dried up, when things are just in a place uh, of non-functioning. You know, ask the Lord for a move. It doesn't say that. It says, in a rainy season, ask for rain. It's like saying, hey, during summertime, I'm praying it becomes hot. <laughs> it's summertime. It's going to be hot. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And so it doesn't make sense, but, but it makes a whole lot of sense. What are you trying to say? Here's what I'm trying to say. The Asbury revival, in, in the way that they are terming it, I, I don't know if it's a revival or not. I wouldn't call it a revival, but this is what it is. I believe it is God saying it's a rainy season. I believe that God is saying, hey, it is a declaration that it's rainy season. You must ask. Why? Just because it rains doesn't mean it's going to rain on you. And so what is happening? All over. There have been now almost 20, 24 universities across America. They've been getting together. Young people have been getting together and asking. Why? And so Asbury is not about a location. Asbury is about God declaring it's rainy season. And so our response should be God, reign in our life, reign in Colombia, reign upon our, our universities that are here, reign upon our churches that are here, reign upon our houses that are here. Lord, send your reign. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. 
It's a declaration of a rainy season. Now, now, now please understand, I always, when it comes to the presence of God, uh, you know, I always say this, that there are two possibilities. That God being present and we do not know it. Because please understand, God could be moving and you have no clue. You could be sitting right in the midst of it and have no clue. The Bible says the presence of the Lord there, but Jacob did not know it. Hello, somebody. Did not know it. And, and, and so, I don't know whether I was like this on Monday, Tuesday, and Asbury. I don't know. <laughs> but the second, and I don't know which one is worst. God being absent and we do not know it. <laughs> Hello, somebody. I don't know which one is worse. I think the second one is worse. Samson, God was absent and he did not know it. And then the problem with a lot of Christians are there are Samsons. They have no clue that God has left the building. They have no clue that God has left their house. They have no clue that God has left their life. Yes, they have the Christian symbol of fish over the house. Yes, they have the Bible verses. Yes, they have all the things in their house. But God's not there. Am I making sense to you? And so the Bible says in the book of Psalm, it says, if I were, this is God saying, if I were hungry, I would not tell you. <laughs> it's like, what? He says, listen, the world is mine and all its fullness. Listen, Message Bible says it like this. If I get hungry, do you think I'll tell you? And, 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 and sometimes you wonder, God, I mean, are you hungry? And how are we supposed to respond? And, and, and so let me give you the other side of Asbury. The Bible says something like this. You know the story of the disciples? They're following Jesus. There's two of them on the road to Emmaus. You remember that story? And, he says, and they approached the village to which they were going. Look at this. Jesus acted as if he were going further. <laughs> but listen. But they urged him strongly. Stay with us for it is near evening. Now, now please understand. See with me this picture. The two disciples. Okay. The two people on the road to Emmaus. Jesus is walking with them. And they have reached their city. Wherever their city is, maybe they are going from Lexington to Aiken. We don't know. But, but, but they reach their city. And as soon as they reach their city, Jesus says, okay, this is where you stay. And then he keeps going. He says, acted to go. And the Bible says, they urged him to stay. What am I saying? I believe Asbury Revival is a test. Are we going to sit back and say, well, I'm just going to wait out. I'm going to listen to 10 different reporters and 100 different people commenting and, and then make my... Or is it like a test? God, I don't know what you're doing there, but I know you're doing something there. And I believe I can ask for rain right now where I am. God, would you rain in Lexington? Would you rain in Columbia? God, would you rain upon our school system? Would you rain upon our young people? Lord, I am seeing what you're doing and I'm not letting this thing go. I'm going to grab a hold of it and I'm going to pull it in into my life and I'm going to say, God, I want the rain. Or the disciples that were on the boat and the storms came. And the storms were going to kill them. And Jesus showed up and, and, and listen, the Bible says this. And having seen that they were troubled and tormented in 2023. 
the wind was against them about the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking directly on the sea and listen to this and he acted as he meant to pass them by <laughs> the disciples they are dying the storms are coming is going to kill them <laughs> and jesus like If I was a friend of Jesus, I would question my friendship. You see me dying here. You see our whole boat going under. And you're acting. They don't know that he's acting, but he's acting. At that time, a person bids out. He says, "Master, bid me to come." I believe Asbury revival Jesus is acting as if it's happening there I wonder if there are people who would bid out and say God reign in my life and take me deeper God reign in my children reign in my marriage reign in this church I pray God God reign in this house I pray God Yesterday, David Prosser, who was at Charleston Church, and, and he was preaching, and he made a very powerful statement, and, and so I wrote it down. He said something like this: He says, "The greatest resistance to an incoming wave, because they live in Charleston, no, no, in, 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 uh, near the ocean. The greatest resistance to an incoming wave is the outgoing wave." When he said that, I, I wrote it down. I thought, "Wow! If God is doing something." and we are stuck with what he has done and became comfortable we begin to push out the newness of what god is trying to do why cuz it doesn't fit our comfortability doesn't fit the way we see things it doesn't fit how we want it and so here's what i'm saying to you what is happening in in february of 2023 god is declaring its rainy season God is declaring its rainy season and God is wanting to see people who will not be an obstacle but who will be a people who are hungry and who are thirsty and who will say God at any cost take me deeper God at any cost take me deeper God at any cost take me deeper You know this is the verse I've been pondering over this week and and this is this is book in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 it says Paul writes he says I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceive Eve by his craftiness so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ He says don't make things complicated and sit there and what about this and what about that and ay 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 and yeah 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 and this and that and he says listen Christ is simple It's simple. The Bible says, listen, blessed are they that hunger and thirst for what they shall be filled. Hello. Blessed are they hunger and thirst they shall be filled. How do we go deeper? How do we go deeper? Well, well, one way to go deeper is through worship. It's through worship. We know this verse very by heart. Therefore, 
We have to ask where, why it's there. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. <laughs> Let me just stop here and make a comment. For some reason, in the Bible, over 70% of the time in the Old Testament, when the concept and word of worship is introduced, it is introduced after it talks about mercy. Oh, mercy. And, and, and there is something about mercy. You know, I, I, say, I, I said something like this. Uh, in order to qualify for mercy, you got to do something wrong. If you do something wrong, you qualify for mercy. And then if you qualify for mercy, then you qualify for worship. And so what am I saying? Here's what I'm saying. Don't let what's wrong with you stop you from worshiping what's right with God. He says this, in view of God's mercy... Offer your bodies. Your bodies. It starts from the outward in. Bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God. That is your spiritual act of worship. He says, listen, in view of God's mercy, in, in when we are wrong and when, when we, listen, we have received mercy. And in what we have received, one of the best responses for us is this, that let us first offer our bodies. Right? As a body. As a living sacrifice. Holy, pleasing. Because this is an act of Worship And so this Romans chapter number 12 basically says this something like this. It says, it says, allow behavior to flow from your belief. Why? Because it says, therefore, wherefore, what it's talking about in Romans chapter number 7, Romans chapter number 8, Romans chapter number 10, and Romans chapter number 11. These four chapters are telling you God's idea regarding what sin is and what righteousness is. And he says, therefore, because you have received mercy and because God has dealt with the sin nature in your life and forgiven you of your debts, and made you a new creature. Therefore, in view of that mercy, now let your behavior flow out of that. Am I making sense to you? Let it flow out of that. Let it flow out of that. And so, let me say something to you. Let me just make quick, quick statements very quickly. Why? Because I want to take a few moments and say something about worship. Why? Because I believe that to take us deeper, we need to get a proper belief system regarding worship. First of all, when you think of the word worship and you think music, we need to go back and work on your belief system. And so, let me give you some biblical characteristics regarding the word worship. Okay. Number one, worship must honor God. Amen. 
Okay. Worship must honor God. Okay. Worship must honor God. Can we say that out loud together? Okay. One together means I say with you. Let's do this. One, two, three. Worship must honor God. One more time. Worship must honor God. Amen. And so anytime that we are thinking we are worshiping, the question is, is it God honoring? Even when it comes to the small part that we do in in music, we got to ask those questions. Hey, is it God honoring? Number two, worship must be directed towards God. Worship must be directed towards God. And so in the church world, if I make certain statements, people go all crazy. Statements like I'm about to make. Communion is not worship. When we take Holy Communion, my goodness, some denomination will rip me apart for this. Why? The direction of communion is not God. The direction of communion is man. Offering. We are giving something is more worshipful in the sense in comparison to communion. <laughs> Why? It's not directed to man, it's directed to God. And so the preaching of the word. Hello, somebody. It's not worship. Why? It's not, I'm not preaching to God. God, let me tell you something about you. But it's directed towards man. Are you understand what I'm saying? And so if you put music as part of one of the ways that we, we express worship, then, then, then let, let, me, let, let me say something like this. When you come late to church, and when we skip the part of expressing our worship through music, it's called selfishness. Why? Because that doesn't matter because he's going to God. I'm here for the word of God. I'm here to, for the word. No, the word is for you. Worship is for him. Am I making sense to you? And so we make it a priority that when you say something worship, number one, it must honor God. Number two, it must be directed to God. And so just because a song is slow doesn't mean it's worship. Right? And so just because you sing, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. It's a good slow song, but it's not worship. Why? Because it's not directed to God. Am I making sense to you? Right? And then so something always has this if I am worshiping, no, is it honoring number two? Is it directed towards the Lord? Number three, worship requires it requires involvement. Involvement. It requires involvement in the part of the worshiper. There is no such thing as me standing there and God knows my heart. 
that there is some involvement. Am I making sense to you? There is some involvement that is there from our side that is active. Number four, for worship to be called worship, it must cost you something. Why? Cost is placing value. David said, when he wanted to offer a sacrifice, Second Samuel chapter number 24, at the, uh, the threshing floor of Arunam, he said, well, this, my goodness, this is the king. Of course he can use my stuff. He said, listen, I don't want to use your stuff. I know I'm the king, but, but if it's not going to cost me anything to give something to the Lord, I am not giving. Why? Because anything that is directed to the Lord must cost. Hello, somebody. Must cost. And so if something has to be worshipful, then ask the question, what is it costing me? Why? Because if it's no value to you, it's no value to him. Am I making sense? People say, well, giving is worship. Absolutely. Why? You are giving unto the Lord. And, then, and how we do that? Well, well, by blessing others. But, but the, 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 listen, they might get the stuff, but God is getting your attitude. That's what the Bible says, give cheerfully. Why? He gets the cheering part. Am I making sense to you? And so there is a big difference between me coming to uh, Josiah and Josiah, hey, you, you know, I got this old couch in my house that, 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 that I'm not using for the last 20 years. And, and so, Josiah, no. I want to just bless you because, you know, you just bought a new house. Let me just give it to you. No, no, there's nothing wrong with it. Right? There's nothing wrong with it, but it's not costing me anything. That's not worship. That's just a simple donation. Now, I can make it worship. I said, Lord, what do you want to do for Josiah? Uh, go down and buy him a brand new sofa. I said, Lord, that's going to cost me something. <laughs> exactly. Hey, obedience is a cost. Am I making sense? To you? And so for worship to be worship, the question is, what is it costing? What is it costing? Am I making sense? To you? What is it costing? And so... There are a lot of principles in the Bible. Sometimes we don't get it. He said, the Bible says, they that seek me early shall find me. Lord, I, I'd rather seek you in the evening because I'm the most awake. I'm the most like this. I'm, I'm like a night person. I know, but it's going to cost you to get up early. <laughs> Hello, somebody. It's not legalism. It's trying to find out, God, what is it that will be valuable to you? And so worship requires God's terms of engagement, not man's. It's not how I want to do it. It's how God wants it. How God wants it. Throughout the Bible... um, I've been looking through and through some years ago. Years ago, I, I wrote probably about four, five hundred pages of notes and study when I did this uh, on worship. And of all the sort of, <laughs> there's a portion of scripture I like when it comes to worship. It's found in the book of Second Kings, chapter number seventeen. Because uh, if you want to define the word worship, this verse would be a great verse to tell you 
the biblical component of worship. In 2 Kings chapter number 17, it says this, with whom the Lord has made a covenant and charged them saying, and it gives us simple things. He says, you shall not fear other gods, nor bow down to them, nor serve them, nor sacrifice to them. But the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt with great power and outstretched arm, him you shall fear, him you shall worship, and him you shall offer sacrifice. And, and what we find in the Hebrew language here is a substitutions of the word called worship. Why? Because whenever the word worship is used, these four components are used and those components are this. What is worship? Number first component is the fear of the Lord. Is the fear of the Lord. Number two, it's to serve God. These are used interchangeably in the Hebrew language when you use the word worship. And so when you are serving you are worshiping, bowing before the Lord. And number four, sacrifice. And so the biblical concept of worship must embrace these four things. It must be in the fear of the Lord. It must be something that you are serving. It must be something that, that is causing you to bend your life, yourself. And must be something that is a sacrifice to you. Whether that's your time, talent, treasure, music, whatever it is. It must have these four components. And so just because you, you, you sing two songs and you know how to play three chords. And, and you say, you know what, I just love to worship God. But the question is, are you a man or a woman that fears the Lord? Because you can offer as much as music you want to. But, but if there is no fear of the Lord in the heart, it's not worship. Why? Please understand. When, when the queen was alive and, 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 and the queen would sit in her chariot and then all the people, they would go through the streets of London. It really did not matter what your condition was. A beggar did not matter. You were like the worst sinner. Did not matter. You are not even from the country. You are from some other country. When you look at the queen, you gave her praise. Did not matter your condition. But in worship, condition matters. Why? It has nothing to do with giving something. It has to do with coming in intimacy with someone. Am I making sense to you? And the problem with worship is only people that like music and and sing songs and play music, they are the only people who teach on worship. And so everybody thinks that that's what we got to do. Some of the greatest worshippers I know don't know anything about music. <laughs> Why? Because the biblical component is, is number one, where is the fear of the Lord in your life? Number two, where is servantship? Number three, where is the ability to bow? And number four, where is the willingness to sacrifice. Okay. It's a sacrifice. The offer sacrifices of praise. Hebrews 13 tells us. And then, so it is important. Now, now let me go to a story and I'll kind of tie it up and, and then I want to take you in a time of, of course, in, in music, lead you through worship. It says this. Now, uh, you, you know the story very well and I don't need to kind of read it all out but I'll just read some components of it. 
Now, uh, in the theological world, there's a big debate over this. Why? Because this is found in four, all the four Gospels that are there, and, and, and it's confusing, and, 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 and so they don't know whether it's the same woman, was this woman really uh, Lazarus's sister, you know, Martha's sister, or who she was, and blah, 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 blah. But, but, but people somehow... Uh, uh, so sometimes when people get a, get a filter in their mind, they only see through one lens. But, but let me just kind of throw this out. In the Bible, there were three different women that came to Jesus, that worshipped Jesus with oil. Okay. Three different women for three different purposes. For three different purposes. The Bible says in Revelation chapter number 17, verse uh, 14, it says, he that God uses is not only called, it is chosen, and is found faithful. Okay. And so all the people in the Bible that were greatly used of God, they were anointed three times. Whether you look at David, they had three anointings. Whether you look at Solomon, two anointings. Called, chosen, not found faithful. <laughs> and so when it comes to Jesus, three times. Called, chosen, and found faithful. The anointing went from anointing his feet to anointing his head. That means the completeness for victory. Anyway, uh, I just thought I'd drop you that in. But, but in this particular portion, there's a man by the name of Simon who's a Pharisee. You know, he invites Jesus to his house for dinner. He says, when a woman who had a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume and she stood behind him at his feet weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them and poured perfume on them. Now listen to this. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet... (laughs) He would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is. Then Jesus turned towards the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she, <laughs> she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. And, and, and you know the story, but, 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 but let me just say a few things very quickly. This lady, Jesus did not call her a sinner. People called her a sinner. Jesus did not call her a sinner. She saw an opportunity. She saw an opportunity. Why? It's like me saying this morning, hey, Asbury is God declaring it's rainy season. Some people can see it. Some people are ready to get out of here and go for lunch. She saw an opportunity and she goes in. Jesus is sitting, he's reclining at a place. He doesn't see her, but she sees him. And she goes behind his feet, kneels down and breaks the jar of perfume. Now, this is very important. Why? Because number one, her worship was costly. She gave her most precious and costly gift. Perfume worth a year's salary. Can you imagine? The salary that you make in a whole year. You have a perfume that costs so much. When I read this story, it just stirs me up. Why? Because I thought, my goodness, when is the last time I got to give God something that cost me a whole year's worth of salary? 
people are still fighting whether they should give 10% or not. <laughs> and she's like, I'm not fighting for 10%. I saw an opportunity to give the Lord what is going to cost me a whole year's salary. Hello, somebody. Now, I don't know about you, but that just stirs me up. I was like, my goodness. Please understand, this is not like your Chanel perfume that you can go and spray and go and give it back and use. The, 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 the alabaster jar is not to be used daily. Once you break it open, you can close it back up again. The reason that it's so expensive because it's one-time use. It's one-time use. But having no confirmation or no kind of uh, assurance that, hey, this is going to go the right way. I'm taking a chance on a year's worth of salary. Hopefully this guy accepts me. Hopefully he takes from me. Hopefully it is honor. She's not thinking all of this. She said, I don't care what it is. I know who he is. I know where I stand. And I don't care what the cost is. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to worship him. Am I making sense? I'm going to worship him. Why? Worship costs something. It costs something. Her, her, her worship is, is, is what I call customized. Her style was considered impure, yet Jesus accepted it and it transformed her. Now, I don't know how you would feel when somebody bottles their tears and, and takes it and puts it on you. You're like, get some water. Ew. <laughs> I understand what I'm saying. Sometimes we don't know where people are at. They simply have a hunger. They simply have a start. That's not where they're ending. That's just where they're starting. And they're willing to be directed. They're willing to be corrected. Why? They see an opportunity. And so sometimes we've got to realize that, hey, everybody is going to respond differently if they have the components, that's all that matters. Am I making sense to you? The expression might be different for every person, but the components have to be the same. That is there the fear of the Lord? Is there that ability to uh, desire to serve? Is there that uh, way to bow and uh, bend your life? Is there a way to sacrifice? Worship requires you to be courageous. She made herself go in an atmosphere which was hostile. It's amazing. Worship never happens when everybody is for you. It happens in a hostile environment. That's why God gave you a job. Why? Why? has nothing to do with you. Has to do with, hey, how well in a hostile environment can you direct something to the Lord? Or is it about you? I love working from home. I don't have to deal with those stupid people, those people full of blah, 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 blah. You missed the point. You thought you were there to work and get a salary. God sent you there to make something out of you. 
But I thought he would send me to a Bible school where I learned Bible principles. You are learning more than the Bible school. Is that in a hostile environment, I can make decisions of the fear of the Lord. I can make decisions that are serving God. I can make decisions that's going to have to bow. We can make that's going to have for me to sacrifice. Why? Because my heart is after God. Is after God. Worship champions people. The Bible says this. She was willing to do for Jesus what no one else did. Everybody in the house, it's just Jesus. We see him all around town. You've been here. You're nothing special. Just bring McDonald's. Just order some pizza. Just order some pizza. Am I making sense to you? You know, here's what I want to say to you. Church, you and me, we need to learn to host the Holy Spirit. You need to learn to host the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I go to people's houses and I say, I don't think I'm going to go back again. (laughs) Why? Because they're like the worst hosts. They invite you for dinner and give you coffee and popcorn. (laughs) Or they order pizza for you. If somebody ordered pizza and went to the house, I would not go back to their house. Sorry, that was Nikki, that's not the Bible. <laughs> Why? Because what is worship? Worship is about what does God want? What's in his heart? I'm looking to, to please God. It's not what I can do. Right? It's who he is. If this is not right, then I'll find the right way. But I'm doing something that would honor him. Am I making sense? Whether that means me getting up early in the morning, whether that means, you know, I'm taking time and scheduling things and say, God, I move everything out of the way. This is for whatever it is. Everybody is just sitting there watching. She breaks through the crowd. Why? It's not a list of things to do. It's not like a man who's been told that he needs to brush his teeth every day. He looked at it as an activity. And so he said, there are seven days. And so on Sunday, I'm going to brush seven times. So I don't have to do it the rest of the week. But that's what most people do. They come to church Sunday. And they worship. It's done for the whole week. And it's, I think, Judson Cornwall who said, if you don't have a song on a Monday... And don't have a song on a Tuesday. And don't have a song on a Wednesday in your heart. And don't have a song on a Thursday in your heart. And don't have a song on a Friday in your heart. And don't have a song on a Saturday. You're definitely not going to have one Sunday morning. Am I making sense? And, and if our purpose is to... Listen, if heaven is worthy... If heaven is worthy to constantly have a worship service 24-7, then we are living far below. Uh, Hello, somebody. And and then so, for the next few weeks, this is what I'm going to be talking about. Why? 
Because you are going to have people, you are going to get uncomfortable. Why? Because you like the way you worship. By folding your hands and watching the person in front of you. He's very emotional. Yeah. We need to learn to be calm, quiet. Ah. L- listen, it's not on your terms. It's on God's terms. And so there are dancing queens and barren, dancing kings and barren queens. Why? Because there are people who love to express and there are people who love to criticize. And it just reminds me of a time I went to church with this friend and we were in another city and it's a great church and a good church and a blah, blah, blah. It's a humongous. There are all the lights and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And we walked out and the man said to me that, you know what? Wow, the pastor was really good. Didn't he really? I mean, the preaching was really good. But the worship didn't do too much for me. And I said to him, well, did you think for a moment it wasn't for you? Because it's not your style. It's not about your style. It's having components. Are you a man or a woman that fears the Lord? Come on, boys, come, and I will teach you. He says, learn, Psalm 34, the fear of the Lord. Are you a man or a woman that's desiring to serve? Are you a man or woman that's willing to bend, bow their life? I'm not talking about just a physical posture, but everything that you are. You say, God, it's not my way, but your way. Will you sacrifice? 